Hey there, fellow empath. I'm Michelle Saya, an empowered empath mindset coach, helping other ambitious, purpose-seeking empaths just like you unlock your innate gifts, embody your self-worth fully, so you can thrive in your life and business unapologetically authentic. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you Aisha Noel. She's an imposter syndrome coach helping other female coaches achieve their business goals and overcome imposter syndrome by combining elegantly simple science-based strategies into her framework. In this episode, we explore all of the nuances of imposter syndrome and ways to combat it, the difference between therapy and life coaching and why they both play a fundamental role in a person's self-development journey as well as what it means to be an empathic coach. I hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm Aisha Noel. I'm a mindset and business coach, and I specialize in imposter syndrome. And it's, it's quite a, a crazy story because I first started working at a company. So I first started in a coaching company, and I worked with a bunch of, uh, well, CEOs, top athletes, and they were having problems with their work and private balance. So I worked with helping with the right mindset and also helping with how, how do you organize the private stuff as well? Because most of the times they were more busy with the business and the sports area that they lacked in their private area. And when I was there, I noticed that all of these people I was helping were triple my age and white and male. <laughs> so all the things I was not. And because of that, I discovered, I, I, I thought I was looking back at my own life and I thought I've been in so many places where nobody looked like me or talked like me. And when I wanted to start my own business, I was like, I want to work with people that look like me <laughs> and help people who gone to the same thing as me feeling like they didn't belong becoming in places where higher up and noticing that there's a lot of self-sabotaging. So I think that's, that's the main thing that I do is I help women, uh, especially women of different cultures. So black women, um, Asian women, all, all women with disabilities as well, to see that they belong where they are, but they, that they can reach higher as well. Mm, gotcha. Um, you mentioned, you said one powerful word that I would love to hear more of your thoughts on, and then you said self-sabotage. That was a word that yeah. you used. Do you find that the clients that you work with today, is that something that they're experiencing and if yes, can you talk a little bit more about that and what that looks like? Yes, I think, I don't, I don't even think I know <laughs> that most people uh, are their own demons, right? That's, that's, what, that, that's what most people say, like I'm my own biggest enemy. And what happens when you are ambitious or you want to reach at places is that often you you are a lot alone <laughs> and in that alone space you you actually work against yourself a lot so what i notice is that people are self-sabotaging not even 
in their own routine and they don't even notice it. So sleeping late, um, saying things to themselves that are ridiculous. Um, and I, t I, I talk with my clients because I'm, I'm brutally honest with them. <laughs> and I say to them, like, every time they talk about themselves, they're like, you know what? Um, I was thinking about, you know, starting a new project. And they immediately say, but, 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 <laughs> but, and then it's like, but I'm not a good enough, but I haven't had experience, but I've, um, I'm not in the right crowd, but I'm, you know, and then they start, <laughs> they always start doing those things. And then they always start doing those things. And then when they talk to their friends or about other people, they're like, yeah, they're so capable. But when they look at themselves, it's like, no, I can't do it. It's impossible. Why, what in the hell did I put myself into? So there's a lot of self-talk, negative self-talk, but there's a lot of habits as well, like physical habits that they're doing um, that, are, that is actually sabotaging themselves. Mm, gotcha. And what, is, what do you think is the relationship between self-sabotage and imposter syndrome? Since I know that imposter syndrome is something that a lot of your clients deal with and you have a lot of knowledge and experience on that. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, well, I, I think the, I believe that the one <laughs> biggest connection is, we call it in psychology, self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's actually the prediction of, that causes itself to become true. So you think you're not smart enough, or you think that you will fail at something, and then you, in your subconscious, are doing everything in your, in your power to prove to yourself that you're not good enough or that you don't belong there. And the thing is with imposter syndrome on the, on the one hand is that most of the times it shows you actual facts. So most of the times when you endure imposter syndrome, it's because you are in a room with a lot of experts. You are in a room with a lot of people that don't look like you or don't talk like you. So in your subconscious, you're like, in your conscious mind, you're like, wait, they don't look like me. I'm not the same. I don't belong here. Um, and then the prediction, yeah. Then the prediction is, okay, well, if I don't look like them, <laughs> I'm going to prove that I look like them. And by proving, you're showing to yourself that you're not there, that you don't belong. And then it's like a cycle, a vicious cycle, right? And it's, it's, it's almost like a non-ending story because eventually you're going to ask people like, do you think I belong here? Do you think I know the knowledge? Do you? So you're going to ask people for uh, confirmation, confirming that your story isn't true. Mm. And honestly, it's, it takes a lot of work because most of the times when I talk to my clients about it, they're like, yeah, it's so annoying. And I know this all, you know, I have the knowledge, but I'm still in this place. I still feel this way. And I'm saying like, that's because, you're expecting, you're expecting fast results, but you're underestimating your subconscious mind. You're underestimating all these habits, all these little things, sabotaging tendencies that you do to put yourself in that place. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I can definitely relate to everything that you said 
because when you said that, especially when you're in a community where people don't look like you and growing up, I was constantly placed in those types of environments. Like I've been in an all Hispanic community, all white community at a very young age. And even now, like moving up here in upstate New York, I don't see a lot of people that look like me around here as well. But at least knowing that I have all the tools and skill sets that I've built over the years, not even months, just years of like rewiring the self-talk because you're right, our unconscious, our subconscious mind is just so powerful and sometimes they can really take a dominating uh, position in our life without us even being aware of it. And it controls and controls our behaviors, what we say, like, I want to do this, but, and it's always a but that comes out. And that's when like that other part of our mind just takes over and it's just insane. So I wanted to kind of also dive deep into talking about being an empath and does that have any sort of way in impacting how you interact with your clients and the way you help them as well as how you just show up to your personal life? I think that's a great question. Um, well, being an infant is everything. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's, it's such a huge part in the way I react and in the way I help because I always look at the person's feelings um, and my own feelings. I always look at how can I understand them better. Um, And having that as a core is how I actually behave. So if I notice, I had that that yesterday and I was with a client and she was like, she was was saying a lot of things, but I can tell (laughs) she was uncomfortable. So she was, she was, you know, talking about, oh yeah, I did this and I did that. And it, but I saw like, there's something missing. There's something happened, something happened. And I was just, I just asked her like, are you in the right headspace right now? And she didn't, she didn't expect that question because she was just talking about her week and everything. And she said, you know what? No, I, I, I felt like I had to tell you a bunch of the good things that happened, but actually I don't feel right. So I took a minute to just, you know, look at how like her feelings. So I was asking questions about her emotions right now and taking a minute to do affirmations and a meditation because that's something I do as well. And afterwards, she said to me, you know what? I didn't expect you to do this. And I know it wasn't in the program, but I'm happy you did this because actually I've been I've been walking with this for a time right now but I didn't know how to tell people because actually I, I was quite afraid of how you would look at me. Mm. And I think that as an empath, that's such a superpower to use when you can tell, okay, something is off or something is just really right. And you want to celebrate someone. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an asset. Yeah. I love that. And What's interesting is I got this epiphany yesterday and Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your thoughts about it and how you handle it because I know that in our community, we're friends with a lot of other coaches, 
And so, and we're all very emotionally in tune to our clients' needs and things that are not being spoken. And so, have you ever encountered a situation where you were with a client and they shared something that was just so private or intimate and did it mirror any sort of triggers or any emotional reactions? And if it did, did you like, what are some ways that you have to also set these like invisible intuitive boundaries to kind of be like, their feelings are theirs. I can feel it and I can be in tune with them, but they're not mine. And I'm here to provide a container for them. But at which point, like, because I've been in situations where I've been less than human, like I've been, my humanity comes out and there are days where like, something I see in the news or something that a client goes through, maybe it's compassion fatigue. It does affect me. Um, Especially if they're going through like trauma or some sort of violence in their life. How do you navigate that as a coach and like protect your, uh, your own energy and like remain grounded when everything kind of gets a little bit overwhelming? So that's again, um, I think, a lot of people can recognize themselves in that in that question and in that epiphany. Um, first off, I don't watch news, um, so I just when there's something major, I will hear it from my parents who watch news every day, three times a day. <laughs> but I, yeah. I protect my energy by not watching the news because mm-hmm. there's so much. Um, you know, there's so much lies on news, and because it's most of the times they just want the, the first to be the first, right? And then you don't know if it's, it's, if it's the truth. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing I, I make my bound. I make a lot of boundaries, which people think are stupid. Um, so not watching the news. I I've heard a lot of times like, oh, you didn't watch the news. I don't. Um, so that's first of the things I've, I have a list with things that I'm like, I will not do this. Mm. Um, and one of them is that. And the second is when, especially being a coach, it's funny because I've chosen to be a coach and not um, a psychologist is precisely this reason. Mm. Um, I had to be very honest during my studies to myself and, and recognize that I'm just not that person that can um, close myself totally off of someone else's energy or um I can let it go professionally on a, on a certain level, but if people have, if I have constant people talking about their traumas, it will weigh heavy on me. Um, so I said to myself, you know what? <laughs> I can help that. I can help that. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be a, uh, be a clinical psychologist because I just can't. With coaching, at first, what I always say to myself and to my clients is, I tell them, I'm going to be very honest with you. This is, these are the things that I can do. And these are the things that I can't do. And one of these things, I always say, this is not a therapy session. I always tell them, this is not therapy. So I will be solution folks focused and not problem focused because whenever I'm problem focused and I dive into that, I can hang into that. So with coaching, I, I chose to be solution focused. And when we talk about trauma or when, when sometimes it just pops up because we talk about patterns, 
Um, I have this one client, which is, she's, she's lovely, but she has a lot of, on her plate. And sometimes I feel um, as if she, she knows that she needs therapy. Um, and she already went to different psychologists, but you know, you have to have that click. And she hadn't had that yet. And she tried every coaching session. She tried to talk about her trauma. And I, I explicitly told her again, so I, I repeat myself at first when, when she said it, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And I, I really want to hear your story fully, but I'm, I, I'm, I am not capable to do that. And I, I remind her that this is not therapy, mm. right? This is not therapy. Um, I want to help you on this facade. So I'm able to, you know, do a meditation or do something else with you or let you um, make a letter because I, I often make her write then. So make mm -hmm. a time to let her write so I don't have to really dive into that, but she can have that release moment mm -hmm. and then we go on with the coaching. So I make exercises where I'm protecting my energy because I, I need to protect my energy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm stating my boundaries and I'm being very honest with her. And I think you, <laughs> this is one thing my, my, uh, my grandma always said to me, you're such a mother Teresa. And it's funny because I am, I like helping, you know, I like to, if I, if I see someone who's in need or every time, cause I, I've done a lot of voluntary work with homeless people as well. Mm -hmm. Every time I see a homeless person, I'm like, I need to help them. I need to help. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not everybody wants to be helped mm. and not everybody has, um, needs my help or, or can profit from my help. And I need to be honest with myself and be like, okay, this is harsh. This does hurt me, but it's okay. There are other people that are more capable maybe. And what I did with her as well that with uh, my client, I told her like, I've got a list of therapists because a lot of my friends are psychologists. Mm. Um, and I said, I have a list with trustworthy psychologists. You know, you can have like one session with them or talk with them. And I think that is important as well. Having, being honest with yourself, but also providing a solution for them as well. Mm, gotcha. It's a lot of talk. <laughs> I love I love everything that you shared because honestly, especially the part where you brought up about psychologists and the different types of work that coaches do and psychologists do. Before I dived into coaching, when I was in college, I tried looking for therapy for help. I didn't really know what I needed because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. And so what happened was I went to, I scouted for different psychologists and I tried them out. I think I tried four to five different psychologists and I tried one psychiatrist before I gave up on therapy completely because it just didn't work for me. And it might work for other people, but I think what was happening was I'm naturally very solution focused. And so I went into therapy thinking they were going to give me a solution and all they did, all they did was like, let me hear about your problems. We have tissues here. And I'm like, 
I've done crying. Like I, I've been sitting in my- I don't want to cry anymore. <laughs> I don't want to cry anymore. Like tell me what to do. And then they, they'll say something like, I, I hear you, but like, tell me a little bit more about your mother. Tell me a little bit more about your father. And I'm like, I, I understand how this can be effective for some people, but where I'm currently at right now, I'm ready. I'm ready to take charge of my life and seek solutions. I just need support. And so no one could give it to me in, yeah. in, psych, in like psychology. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to now look for a coach. And then that's when things started opening up for me um, because back then uh, I was surrounded by the wrong friends. And a lot of my family members and friends do not believe in the power of coaching like I do, like you do. There is a negative stigma with a lot of people, a lot of skeptical people. And combine that. What was that stigma? What was that stigma for you? The stigma was, oh, you're into spirituality and you are into coaching as well. Why don't you go to a licensed psychologist? Like they use science. Like don't use woo-woo stuff to heal people. I'm like, coaching isn't woo-woo. And it's like, <laughs> woo-woo. yeah, I'm like, and so, and I was like, I've tried, I've tried the science way and I'm such a right brain thinker anyway. Like I've given it a shot. I didn't knock it down before I tried it. And I know people where it works for them. Like they need to be on medication. They need to go to into therapy. They're dealing with a lot of trauma and they've suppressed it and it's been unresolved. They need to talk about it. They need to be talking about their problems. I've, I'm past that. I'm a journaler. I, I've been journaling my problems since I was a little kid and I, I'm just ready to take charge of my life and I just need mentorship and I need help. So help me. And nothing felt quite right. And I think because I'm also an empath, it's, it's like every single psychologist I went to, they turned off their heart chakra completely. Like you can't feel anything. There's like, there's sympathy yeah. and then there's empathy. It's like, I had a feeling as I was telling them about my trauma, they're like thinking about an apple. Like I'm going to go home, I'm going to make dinner and I'm going to think about my kids. Like they weren't present, like they were checked out and you can tell, yeah. you can tell. And so mm. I'm not trying to, put you know psychologists down and like talk about the fact that you know they're ineffective they are effective in a lot of ways but I think when you're dealing with different types of nuanced problems that people are uh that are occurring in their lives especially when it comes to like more on the spiritual realm as well like spiritual persecution uh, dark night of the soul, these types of concepts, or imposter syndrome. I think imposter syndrome, when it comes to coaching, coaching people, working uh, them through their imposter syndrome, I think it's such a powerful way to have you come out of your imposter syndrome because it never truly goes away. Sometimes it creeps up and having a coach keeping you accountable and seeing your blind spots it's such a powerful way to move out of it and to feel more empowered. So that was just my long tangent way of saying like, thank you so much for like bringing up this story. It's so powerful. And I think more people need to talk about it. Um, and I hope I answered your question about what was the stigma around psychologists. 
You did I mean, around coaching, I, around coaching. Yeah. Yes. I, and I, I, I love how you touched on your first perception of psychologists. Um, and the funny thing is, is that I, I first, when I started studying psychology I'm of course I'm not graduated. Um, but when I first started, I had that same perception and I was like, I never want to be a psychologist because of that, because I was like, I don't want to dwell on people's, on people's problems, or I, I, I want people to, you know, move out of their shell and, and become their higher self and become their self that they would want to see. Um, but then I was like, you know what, I just find it very interesting how humans behave. So I, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. And in that, in that way, I, I started learning there are definitely different types of psychologists. You know, you have cognitive psychologists who are really only looking at the brain side. Um, but yes, positive psychologists as well. And I, I don't think a lot of people, because it's, it's something new. So since I think 20 years or so, positive psychology has been popping up more. Mm. But that's more solution-focused solution as well, just like coaching. Mm. Um, and I love that you say there's different stages because there is. People are at different stages. And I think whenever you, whenever someone knocks on the door, I almost, I almost, re, yeah, I almost find it just a shame that psychologists don't talk about that because psychologists know that some people are just at this stage right now and they want to let it go, but they just want to focus on, you know, thinking that you don't understand yourself that much. So they look observative, right? They look like objective, objective um, at a person and they be like, um, I don't want to put my assumptions on you. So I want to, I want you to ask you more and more and more questions so that you fully understand and fully know that you're ready to, and that you're on that stage mm -hmm. because that's it. Whenever you're in, when, when you're in psychology, you learn that um, most of the people assume that they are at this stage but they are actually at this stage. I'm now pointing for the people, people can't see me, of course, but I was just putting my hands up like this stage is the higher stage. So you think that you're at eight um, and psychologists are trying to find out for you if you're actually at stage eight, but they do it in such a long way sometimes that you're like, I just want to feel understood and you don't understand me. And and then, you know, that's when, when that point is where a lot of people just go away. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that there's coaches and, um, you know, coaches and people like you as well will help people understand also the other side, right? The spiritual side, um, the emotional side as well. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. So much food for thought and going uh, back to what you're saying is psychologists, they know this. And I think, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but I think one of the plausible reasons as to why they keep at it is because they're following their education, their curriculum. Like as a psychologist, you have certain parameters that you have to operate within. You can't go out of the parameters. Um, mm. It's just, I don't, I don't think it's legal to go outside of the parameters because there is an association backed up behind it. And 
you were you went through the entire program you know to get your master's degree to get your phd your doctorate to become to go through board exams to become a licensed psychologist um and to also become a psychiatrist like so i also understand that there are certain limitations and so i think it's up to the psychologists and the psychiatrists to be very forthright on what can be achieved working with them and what they will not cover. Kind of like you, like you tell your clients, you're very transparent. You're like, this is what we can do. And this is what we can't do. And like, see if this is right for you, make the empowered decision. The, the choice is in your hands. And I, I really wish that psychologists and just people in the medical industry, in the mental health industry can really give people that transparency. And that way, clients can choose to have that power, empowering ability, opportunity to make that decision. It's like, okay, going this route or going that route? Like, I now have everything laid out before me very clearly. What can best support me at this time? Um, so I'm so glad that we brought this up because, yeah, I know so many people that struggle with seeking clarity on what they currently need um, in their lives. And so I actually wanted to kind of go back into more about your personal life. And I wanted to ask you, is coaching something that you've always wanted to do? Like, what was that spark of inspiration that made you think like, I'm going to get into coaching. I can help a ton of people. Um, I, I think as a, as, a, as a child, I always wanted to help people. And I, at, at six, I had like, <laughs> at six, I had this, this big paper and I, I wrote down plan, just, just plan and then A and B. <laughs> and then A was um, becoming a forensic psychologist cool. because I watched CSI and I thought this is going to be my life. And B was lawyer because I wanted to, well, defend people who thought they couldn't be defended who couldn't defend themselves. Um, and then later on, I, I noticed that, whoop, <laughs> that's not what I, what I think I should do. But I, I, I became, um, I thought that, that that was the only two ways to help people mm -hmm. um, in my way, because I had, a, had such a tunnel vision. And then afterwards, I think I, yes, when I was 17, I started seeing people um, helping others. I started really fangirling Oprah. Um, and I saw other coaches popping up, Tony Robbins, that sort of people. And I was like, what are, what do they do? They're very motivational. You know, they help as well without even knowing me, they help me. And then I, uh, well, I, I stumbled up a job opportunity when I was in the university, um, which was a coaching job. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and especially, I, I, I just had that epiphany, right? Like, whoa, I can help people um, not only giving unsolicited advice, because that's what often I, I, I see people do. And I'm like, oh, I hate that. But first, <laughs> just listen to people. Yeah. And then look at, okay, wait, this is your problem. Um, what is something that you 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 think you need, um, and how can we come to that stage? 
And I just, I love the way to go from A to B. And when I started that job, um, I had that for two years. Um, and I was my first job and I was, I think I was uh, my first coaching job. And I was 20 at that point. And at that point I was really thrown in the deep because I worked with those high ticket clients. I worked with those CEOs and I was like, yeah, this is crazy. I love it. But I felt that imposter syndrome. And then I worked at another company, which was with the same sort of clients and I endured the same path. And I was like, yes, this is something I like, but I don't know. I just don't feel right. And then when I started working with women, mm. it was just, you know, when you, when you are, um, when you think of an ice cream, right? A really nice ice cream. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I like Trashatella with a huge chunks of chocolate in it. Mm. And just that, mm, that creamy flavor, right? Mm-hmm. And you had that one time, but there was just, there was just something off, but it was just really good. And then you finally have, you come in, in an ice cream shop and there it is again. And you're like, I'm going to try it. And you <laughs> yeah. take a bite and you're like, mm, that's it. Oh my goodness, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> but I think, that's, that's, I think that happened with me when I, when I started coaching. I was like, mm. okay, this is it. I want this ice cream forever. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually, I, I think I made it for, far longer than you asked, but yeah, this is me. I love that. <laughs> no, I've never seen it in that kind of way. You're right. It's like, it's all about tweaking, right? And optimizing. And that's essentially what you did. You're like, I love the foundation of an ice cream, but like, yes. what's the perfect flavor? <laughs> that's your <laughs> ideal audience. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. That definitely needs to be in your program or your masterclass or something. Like, I love that analogy. I think it's so powerful. Um, That definitely lights me up. What's your favorite ice cream flavor, by the way? It's it's still strachatella. It's it's like vanilla ice cream with huge chunks of chocolate. I make it them. I make it myself sometimes. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm stuck. I'm torn between coffee with chocolate chips. Or um, I also love tiramisu, like tiramisu flavored ice cream. Yes. Yeah. All right. Moving back for moving back. Into, <laughs> I'm hungry now. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm thinking about food because it's it's Thanksgiving over here, so I'm already thinking about all the desserts to make. So it's so funny that you brought it up. Um, okay. So I also would love to ask you what who would be a great fit to work with you as a client? Because we're now talking about the flavor of the ice cream. So like, what types of clients do you love working with? Um, I love working with female entrepreneurs mm. and especially um, surface-based. So coaches, consultants, um, writers as well. And I love working with women so those female entrepreneurs who are um you know especially young so between 25 to 35 so they're just or they just graduated or they're already in the work life Mm -hmm. ambitious um but still have some patterns they need to break Mm. and um one actually want to put in the work so they're done with their own excuses and want some action, but they need accountability as well. 
So it's a lot of things, but it comes to the fact female online entrepreneurs surface based um, between 25 to 35. And uh, I love, I love talking. If you are interested in science as well, because I light up from science and psychology mm-hmm. um, to find out your emotions from that side as well. It's, it's just, that's, that's the code <laughs> to my ice cream. <laughs> I love it. It's like the perfect marriage. Um, beautiful, beautiful. And a big question is, what type of impact would you like to leave on your time here on earth? Ooh, that's, I think I, I saw that question before. I, I think you sent that question to me. Um, I want people to remember my work. Mm. I've, I've always had that. I've never had the, I've never had the desire to actually have kids or anything. I just wanted my work to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a funny thing. My, a friend of mine, I think a month ago asked, I asked him like, what do you think of me? Who do you think I am? And he said, you're like the neighbor tree everybody, every kids come around it, play with it, but they become older with it. They feel more connected and they feel like they can be themselves, but have fun. Mm -hmm. And the actual impact that I wanted to have on people is that, that they are here for a reason, um, that they are loved um, and that they can connect with everyone. I just want to connect people. That's, that's the actual impact that I want to have. Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. And the neighbor tree analogy is such a beautiful poetic way of describing it. I I totally see that. So beautiful. That poet there. Whoever told you that should be a poet, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Aisha, for being on this podcast show. I so appreciate you. And I know we've had a couple conversations before and whenever we have conversations, I always light up from it. You always leave me like buzzing in a higher vibration. So I just want to take the time to really appreciate you and thank you for just being such a light. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. and and the fe- the feeling is mutual. I said it before. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this was so good. And eventually I, I learned, of course, that you know, we have, um, we're on the same spectrum, mm-hmm. like MBTI, yeah. um, but also same water signs. I was like, oh my God, this <laughs> explains everything. <laughs> yes, I love the synchronicity. And also for people that want to send you some love and work with you directly, where can they best find you, Aisha? Um, you can find me at Aisha Noel on Instagram. Um, that's the only actual platform where I'm active with my coaching tips and you can find me on youtube aisha noel again and there i have a lot of affirmations and meditations beautiful thank you so much aisha thank you hey there fellow empath do you currently have an online presence to promote your business or dream of starting up one but lack the confidence to fully show up for it Does the thought of charging confidently for your work make you want to hide from promoting yourself online because there are feelings of guilt, unworthiness, or even imposter syndrome? 
Do you settle for cookie-cutter business ideas out of fear of what people may think if you dare show up original? Because you know deep down, there is a much bigger purpose you're meant to fulfill in this lifetime. But do you struggle with how to create it into a profitable offer? I created an intuitive program called Empowered Empath Embody You, designed for empaths that no longer want to get in their own way of feeling unapologetic in who they are and finally feel worthy of discovering and stepping into their life's work without the shame, guilt that may be attached to the wounds we've neglected to tend to. This program was especially crafted for you as a growing empowered empath that wants to incorporate a blend of using psychology, ancient spiritual wisdom, feminine embodiment, and birth charting to help you discover your true potential and create complete alignment in crafting an offer and business model you can authentically step into as an empathic, heart-centered creator and entrepreneur. Everyone in this lifetime is assigned with an intuitive divine purpose that is meant to be discovered and cultivated. That divine truth that you hear but have been ignoring is actually the real you, hidden by years of limiting beliefs and false thoughts that shows up in the form of people and learned experiences that causes you to downplay your big life and business vision goals because other scared people told you it was too good to be true. If you're interested in committing to meeting yourself and embodying the most powerful version of you as an empowered empath, sign up for the waitlist on when I'll be launching the program by going to michellesaya.com slash embody you. The link is included in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side.